Amen. I love what Christy was saying. A few years back, uh, actually it happened in July the 23rd in 2017. I was at a uh, Kentucky, I was in Kentucky at a, at a kids camp and there was kids there and um, uh, you know the memory on your Facebook comes up. So so it came up on this, on, on the, I had prayed for this little boy named Cam, Camden. We call him Cam. And, and, and it came up on her story because I prayed for this young boy. And I, I, I want to I hear, here, hopefully we'll. I mean, it is. And I seen this little boy, God said, athlete, athlete. He is my athlete. I seen this little boy sitting there for two days in the front row. And God said, athlete. I didn't know his life. I didn't know what was going on. So I'm praying for this little boy. Watch. That's what I said. I said, you got to make up your mind right now to serve the Lord. I said, you got to make up. Cam, all I see is athlete for two days. And I wasn't going to pray for him. I wasn't going to, as a matter of fact, I want to leave him alone. I don't know why I was just battling with myself, but I just wasn't going to tell him anything. So on the second day, this, just this rush, like God wasn't going to leave it alone. I said, and I had actually started to preach. He was sitting in the front. I had to call him up. I said, I said, stop right now. I said, Cam, I says, come up right now. And I said, Cam, you, you have to make up your mind whether you're going to serve Jesus or not right now. But th this is what I want to share with you. More than anything that of his calling is this. It's what his mom's. So this is 2021 now. This has just happened uh, next, uh, this week. Uh, he's a freshman now. And he, he gets to go to Campton, Ohio to, to compete in football at, at the highest level. He's on his way. He's on his way to the glory of God. Amen. Ain't that awesome? I mean, this is this is years, years in the making. God's work. But but listen, listen. This is more than that. More than him competing at a high high level is this. This is what his mom said. I love what his mom says. He says, she says, this was the day Cam Higgins' life changed forever. Talking about when I was praying for him, and then I looked into his face. Says, you got to make up your mind right now that you're gonna follow Jesus. Okay. And, and he says, his life changed forever. He was stole the calling and plans that God uh, has for him and still continues to serve God first. Amen. <laughs> I said, yeah. Woo! Watch this. Watch this. Well, how do you know she's serving God? How do you know he's serving God? Watch what she says. I love when he's in the shower. This is his mom talking about her son. I love it when he stands in the shower, when, when he's in the shower, I stand outside the door just to listen to him, belting praise and worship songs, and how every single night he sets an alarm to drop everything he's doing just to watch a sermon and pray. <laughs> Ain't that awesome? Every day he has a system in his life now that he has set, that he set up. If he's in the shower, he's gonna praise and worship God. Every day, he sets up an alarm to watch a sermon and pray. Come on. 
It's awesome that he is competing in Captain Ohio at, at, at the high level of his career. He's on his way. You know why? Because he's with God. See, it's been burning in my heart. It's been burning in my heart to ask you this question. To ask you this question, and I, I want to propose it this way. How do you know that you're with God? If you're with God. If you're with him, he's with you. If you're with him. When Christ died at the cross, it wasn't, see, sometimes, sometimes we think, well, Jesus did it all, and then we're just going to sit there and drink, and drink coffee. We're just going to sit there and drink our tea, our lemonade, our coconut water. Anybody likes coconut water? I don't. <laughs> we'll drink different drinks, and we think, well, Christ did it all. I don't have to do anything. No, no, listen. He did it all. He suffered so I can suffer. He was obedient so I can be obedient. He was faithful so I can be faithful. He was victorious, so I can be victorious. Come on, somebody. You know where I'm going with this. He did it. Yes, he did. I got faith in what he did. I have faith in what Christ did at the cross, but he went to the cross, not so I won't have to carry my own cross, because how many of you know that every Christian believer has a cross to care, to care, to bear? Every Christian believer. Newsflash, by the way. I, I sounds like this is the first time I, you guys ever heard this. Every Christian believer has a cross to bear. But if my Christ was faithful with his bearing of the cross, then what does that mean for me as a Christian? That I can be faithful and I can have the strength and the victory to bear my own cross. If he did it, I can do it. Why? Because he did it. He led the way. He led victory. He led triumph, marched over darkness, over sickness, hell, and the grave. And if God can do it, then Christ, through the Spirit, can do and give me the power that I need to do what needs to be done. Amen? Awesome, Christy. Are you with God? Are you with Him? Oh, well, how, do you, how do you know, Pastor? How do you know? Well, there's physical evidence. There's physical evidence here that Camden is with God. You just can't help it but praise and worship and tell somebody about his love and kindness and his goodness. You just can't help but to tell somebody how good he's been and preach to somebody how he brought me out of sickness and death and brought me out of a grave or, uh, you know, he restored my marriage. He's helping me in my relationships. He got me an awesome job, gave me favor. Now God is doing great and mighty things. There is evidence of a Christian believer. Oh, I believe it's a lifestyle. I believe that sometimes you can't use words. But there's times that it takes words sometimes. Sometimes Paul, I mean, it, it, was, it was David that said, I will praise the Lord with all that is within me. And sometimes David had to dance. David had to string that instrument, that harp. And then sometimes he sung. What do you think we have the songs from? Because he was singing it, amen. That's, that's who we are. That's who we are. Father, we thank you today. I don't know who's watching here today. I'm not going to wait till the end of the service. God, we repent right now. God, if you, that is me that is convicting me, then convict me, Lord. If it's me that is, uh, sometimes we have blind spots. Sometimes we have blind spots in our own lives and we can't see like you can see it. You judge us rightly. You judge us righteously. You judge us with mercy and grace. And God, you love us so much that you're not willing to leave us the same. 
We are our own detriment to our own lifestyle sometimes, Lord. We create our own fears. We create our own failures. We create our own defeats by the lifestyle that we live. Forgive us, Lord. Lead us, guide us, direct us into your right way. We want to live your way. We want to do it your way, Lord, not my way. <laughs> it was Adam and Eve that said, we want to do it our way. But, Lord, that's not the way that I want to do it. I want to do it your way. Your ways, your word, <laughs> and your wisdom, Lord. That's what I need. I need your wisdom to operate it here on earth that I can bring you glory. That I can bring in everything that I do, I bring you glory, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Amen. How many of you excited to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, guys, for everything. If you have your Bibles with you, let's get to the Word. I might be skipping a, a couple of uh, points, Nikki. It's already 1121, but that's fine. That's good. But I do, I, I do want to bring this out to you in Exodus and talk to you about... about uh, 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 breaking free from bondage. Breaking free from bondage. And in Exodus chapter 30, it's a scripture that is used sometimes to bring bondages over Christian people. I've heard this people preach. I've, I've heard people come, even when I was growing up, people preach on what they would call biblical or what they would call generational curses. And having believing people, uh, Christian, good Christian people, good people that have faith in these pastors, these preachers, especially towards the late 80s and the 90s, everybody got into spiritual warfare uh, from, uh, you know, renting high motels, renting helicopters and airplanes and finding the highest place in your city, uh, especially charismatic Christians. And I was, I was part of some of those charismatic movements and and, you know, you're a teenager, uh, and, and uh, me being who I am, I just, I, I just love to be uh, loud. And, and, and so I, I, I just thought, well, yeah, this is, this is the way. This is, this is how Christianity uh, is. And, and so uh, we'd go to mountains, and we would call on the devil, and we're going to pull you down, devil, and we're going to do all this and do all that. And, and I remember a couple of times taking mortal oil, and we would take mortal oil because, you know, you got to put oil on the ground, and, and then you got to march because that's what the people of Jericho did. And, and we'd go march around our high schools. Remember that, Christy? We'd go march, and we said, Devil, you get off our high school. And we did the Jericho march. And as, how many of you guys remember the Jericho march at the churches? And then they would get, Was there a song to that, the Jericho march? Was there a song? And well, I don't, huh? Oh, when the saints go marching in. And man, my God, you got to, they sing, When the saints go marching in, oh, hallelujah, I'm going to be in that number. <laughs> And, and, and some of you, some of you brothers and sisters that are Baptists, you, this is Pentecostal churches, man. This is, you, you, you missed out, man. You missed out on the marching. And, and so when you're a kid, you know, you're like, yeah, I want to be, I don't want to get left in hell. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run. So I, I don't want to get left behind. I, I want to be in that number, Lord, you know. And, uh, and so, so a, lot of, a lot of that was preached, and, and, I, and I think it was, it was, it was really out of, out of ignorance, really, and not out of the scriptures. A lot of people had more faith on a system that they did the scriptures. That's why I want to get all of you to the scriptures. Make that a quote, Jaden. Make that a quote. You have more faith in 
systems than you do scriptures. You got to get back to the scriptures. You got to get back to, to what God says in the scriptures. And so, so they would read this one here, Exodus chapter 20. Watch, watch, go with me over there. Exodus chapter 20, verse 20. They would read a verse like this. But you see, they never finished it. They never finished it. I'm going to finish the verse, but I'm going to show you where they used to stop. See, I was there. I was there, Craig, in the front. And I said, well, that's, that's, that's what's wrong with me. I got a generational curse. I'm cursed. And, and I have Christ in my life. <laughs> I had Jesus in my life. But I still battle lust. And, and uh, no, I mean, it was a simple answer. You're a teenager. <laughs> you got hormones running through you, son. Somebody, it was a simple answer. But it, it wasn't lust. And, and then, you know, and then when you, when you get, it, it's kind of it's like this. It's, it's kind of like, you know, uh, <laughs> I better not even go there because it, it just get awkward. But, but. But, but th- this, is, this, is, this, is, this is something we do. We do in the church. It's, it's kind of like, you know, we tell people to enjoy marriage. Well, one of the things to, why am I keep, I'm, I'm going there again. I don't know how I'm even going there again. But we tell people enjoy marriage. Well, one of the things to enjoy marriage is when two couples come together without their clothes on. Is that plain enough for you guys? <laughs> And then, and then, and then we tell them, and then we tell teenagers, you know, the sex is bad. You know what I'm saying? And, and we double talk as Christians sometimes, and that's what happens. That's what happens a lot of times. So either, either sex is good or sex is bad. You can't have it both. Well, we don't want our teenagers to go, you know, <laughs> sleeping with each other. So a lot of the youth pastors back in my day said sex is bad instead of instead of putting it under, under the ordinance of God. Sex is good under the, the command of God. And God has a way for you to, to come together. And that's through marriage, under a ceremony, amen, that's blessed either by the state or the church. And so a lot of these preachings are like that. Marriage is good. Having children is good. I got five of them. It's paying off really well right now. Thanks, Biden. Did anybody get that? I think some people are happy. <laughs> I, I think all the people that don't have kids are hating me right now. <laughs> See, you said that Mexican guy, he had a bunch of kids. Well, listen, who's laughing to the bank now, huh? Who's Jojo to the Lord? Anyway, <laughs> get my servants talking. You know, it was so serious just two, three minutes ago, and now it's just all jacked up. Listen, listen, th- this is what I'm trying to say is that that sometimes we go to scriptures, we go to scriptures. Let, let, me, let, me, let me throw you this out here. We talk about, we talk, because I'm, I'm going to be talking about Matthew 24. But let me share this scripture with you. We go to Matthew 24, and there's a story in there, and I'm going to be talking about it a little bit more because we're, we're talking about the end times. I want to talk about the end time. Well, let, let, me, let, let, me, let, me, let me give you this. Let me give you this story. Just to give you a little, little uh, bread crumbs. So you guys can come back and and hear my end time series. Here's some breadcrumbs. When Jesus, in Matthew 25, in Matthew 24, when Jesus compares the end times, he gives an illustration. He gives the illustration and he puts it up. The end times compares it to the days of Noah. Remember that? Noah. Okay. People have read this Matthew 24 and have said that the righteous will be taken out. That the righteous, 
will be taken out and preserved in heaven. But when Jesus shares a story about, about Noah and the ark being kept in safety, and then he goes on after, the, after he says at, that Noah went into the ark, he says, two in the field left, two will be taken. In the house, two will be in the house left, and two will be taken, and so on and so on. Two left, two gone. Now get back to, to Noah. Watch this, Chris. And the story of Noah. After the flood comes on the, on the earth, the, the known world too. See, and that's another one. It's not a whole world gets flooded. I know, I got you all jacked up now. I know, I got you all jacked up because we've been told all our lives that it's the whole, flood, the whole earth flooded. Well, you know, there's floods now. And the whole earth don't flood. Come on, Nikki. Don't lose me now. It floods today. It was just flooding down there. It didn't flood the whole, but it flooded. So the whole, so, so Jesus is talking about the flood. Watch this. Two taken, two left, two taken. We always want to be part of the one that is taken. Huh? They want to be taken, right? But if you read the story correctly, who is the only ones that are left? Ricky? And who are the ones that are taken? Are you with me, Chris? I know this is, this is very different, especially to us charismatic, because we've always been told that the righteous will be taken and the unrighteous huh, will be left. But according to Jesus, when he talks about Noah, the only ones that were left are Noah and, and, and his, his seven family members. Are you with Christ? Are you with, are you with Christ? See, I'm asking you this question. Are you with Christ? So we have, there's some breadcrumbs right there for you. I, I know you want to come back now. Because it's really silent here at this Pentecostal church right now. But I know what I've been taught. I know what, what, what people have said. But they have misrepresented scriptures in the Bible. Like a simple, simple story like Noah. Who was left? Just think about that. Think about that. And so you read a scripture like this. Watch this. Look at, look at Exodus chapter 20, verse 4. Do not make idols for yourselves, whether in the shape of anything in the heavens above or on the earth below, or in the waters under the earth, do not bow and worship them, and do not serve them, for I am the Lord your God, I am a jealous God. A jacked up, oh, this scripture here jacked Oprah up. Look at, go, go look it up, why, God, why Oprah was mad at God. See, God won't have, God makes idols. We are, we are the word there is icons. God makes icons, you don't make icons. Because if you, if you make icon, you, uh, you allow what you make to take your place. God won't have you replaced. God wants his creation. Come on, somebody. Amen. See, see when, when whatever you give yourself to, that's what you end up worshiping. Right. Yeah. Whatever you make, 
whatever you, whatever you labor on, whatever has you enslaved, you end up creating this thing and then you end up serving that instead of you appropriating the right relationship with whatever it is. That's why I don't have a list up here of what, what sins you shouldn't be doing. There's churches you go to, and a preacher will say, well, if you wear makeup, well, if you drink, well, if you do this, if you go to the movie, and, and he has a list of all the sins. That's why I'm not asked. I don't have a list up here. What I do is, is I preach a little bit different, Dustin. I ask you this, what holds you instead of you holding it? Because whatever holds you controls you and you worship it. We're worshiping spirits. Oh, you're always worshiping. It's not just on a Sunday morning. No, you're always worshiping. And that's why Jesus said, that's why God tells the the Exodus. (laughs) That's what God tells in the book of Exodus. Don't make idols. Because soon enough, they'll control you. Soon enough, they'll rule you. Soon enough, they'll have overpower you. Soon enough, you'll be worshiping it instead of worshiping me. Don't make idols. I make idols, not you. The word is icons. But look at And it says, do not bow and worship them and do not serve them. For I am the Lord your God. I am a jealous God punishing the children for the father's iniquity to the third and the fourth generations and to those who hate me. And they stop right there. And then they preach for 45 minutes how God punishes the sins of the fathers to the second or the third generation. And then they put the responsibility on the fathers on the children. Listen, there is this thing where children do suffer, like drug babies. But God doesn't hold that baby responsible for the, for the sin of the mother. God holds the sin of, uh, uh, that is in that boy's life to the mother. Even though the, that young baby does deal with some repercussions of the mom's lifestyle. But if they both die and they face God that day, that little boy will not be held responsible for the lack of discipline that is in the mother. This is what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches you are responsible for your your choices. There is a responsibility. There is repercussions for your choice. We We talk about it all the time. We talk about choosing what's right from choosing what's wrong, right? You have life and you have death. God tells to, in the book of Jeremiah, in the book of Ezekiel, God says you got life and death. You choose and then finish the scripture. He says, choose life that it may be well with you, that you may succeed and have abundant life wherever you go. He tells you what to choose. (laughs) He tells you what to choose. That's what the Bible teaches. There's there's all these little scriptures like that that puts the responsibility on the person. That's why you ain't going to come to this church and say, well, all I got to do is act like a Christian. No, it's more than that. It's it's more than just coming and checking a box. That's why we don't have a list up here. That's why I'm not going to allow you to get away with uh, my little list. You see, if I had a list, you'll be, and then if I missed something in there, well, pastor didn't say nothing about anger. Well, pastor didn't say nothing about, you know, whatever it is, porn or, you know, wearing makeup, whatever. That, no, the, the, the question is put right at your doorstep. 
What controls you when you're stressed out, when you have anxiety, when, 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 when you're going through trials and tribulation and you're feeling alone and you're feeling desperate and you feel like nobody loves you, nobody cares, and you're, 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 you're wanting, you're, you're wanting that, that, that comfort, you, you're wanting to feel love, to feel a self-worth. We all have something that we go to at the end of the night. I know, I know what I used to go, I know what used to control me. One day, I went to Texas Roadhouse. I don't know why I'm preaching this. This is not even in my notes, man. One, one day, I went to Texas Roadhouse, and, and they served really good Coke at Texas, Texas Roadhouse. And I did that. After, I just preached here not too long ago, like months ago. It was good Coke. This is me. This is not you. It's not you. This is not for you, Cindy. You can go to you can go drink Coke at Texas Roadhouse. I'm just talking about myself. I can't talk about you because I'm not you. I'm me. So don't let my conviction be on you. This is just me. I'm giving you an example. I went to Texas Roadhouse. I took a drink of Coke. And you know what the spirit here? He says, it binds you. You're no different than a person drinking on a Saturday night because that Coke holds you. And then I made excuses. Well, I'll just buy a 36-pack. <laughs> Put it in my locker so I could just drink one a day. Remember that whole conversation, Christy? Of course, Christy, she knows good. I should have listened to Christy. I would have been well off. But anyways, I want to do it my own way. I want to do it my way. I got, I got it, I got it, I got it. I, I got this, Christy, so I buy a 36, you know, a 36-pack down there at, because, you know, at Sam's, I'm saving money after all. Come on, it's, it's a whole $5 off, Steve. I can afford this right here, $7 for a 36-pack. Dude, that is a deal. And so I start talking to myself, so I got a 36-pack down there, and it's still over there. It's still in my locker. So I put it in my locker downstairs in, in the in the. Uh, our little, uh, we got a little eating area down there, and, 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 and guess what? <laughs> there was some nights I was drinking three of them suckers. <laughs> it was so bad, I had to put it on Facebook. I said, what is it about this soda, guys? <laughs> Please, somebody help me. I'm drinking a lot less. I'm drinking a lot less. I don't, I, I, see, I don't know what God convicts you. But, but then preachers preach something like this, you see, and they'll preach something like this. You see, he's a jealous God punishing the iniquity to the third and the fourth generation. You see, it's a generational curse. Let's finish the scripture. Let's see if this is a generational curse. Number one, do you even, say, do you even see the word curse in this scripture? The word curse is not even in the scripture. Yet there is whole theology, there's whole sermons teaching about curses. And, and now we're Christian believers leaving it, living in Christ and we got grudges. We got difficulties because there are some things that are still, we're still dealing with. <laughs> Amen, somebody. Amen. <laughs> and there's a whole lot of things that we're dealing with. Just this week when this, when this thing, this memory came up, I'm saying, how can that happen? How can I be a man of God just like that and, and, and share a word to this young man, Camden, and yet I still struggle with sin in my life? 
I cried that day. When I watched this video of me praying for that little boy, there was some conviction. As a matter of fact, I even put it in the post. I prayed for myself that day. How can that happen? How can the glory of God be in my life? How can God let me in in a secret in this young man's life that he is God's athlete? That years later, some of that, that word is coming to play in, in his life? <laughs> Ain't he good? Ain't he faithful? It, it's, it overwhelms me sometimes, and it convicted me this week. How many of you guys dealing with some things in your life that are still hanging on? It's like Job was saying. I know what Job's talking about. There's sometimes I don't want God to help me. You know why? Because I don't feel like I'm worth it. I'm not a good dad. I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good, hu- I'm not a good friend. I'd rather listen to myself than listen to you. Sometimes I interrupt people because I'm so prideful and arrogant. I know, I know. I didn't have anything on my notes, and I probably regret a lot of the things that I said, but I'm saying it for some reason. <laughs> so it's your fault. <laughs> some of you guys need to repent and break free from this so I can preach some nice sermons in here. <laughs> But I hate that sometimes about myself, that I, that I like myself more than anyone else, that I look out for my own comfort, my own happiness, and my, and my, and my own uh, peace instead of someone else's. You know what I had to tell a friend today uh, or this week because, you know, there were some things going on, and I said, listen, listen, man, it's not about that. That people can be ugly, nasty, and, and, and dishonorable, but it, it shouldn't dictate how you live your life. They may not have you the, the respect that you need, and you, you well deserve it. You deserve respect. You deserve credit. But that's not how we live our lives sometimes. Sometimes I'm honorable because I have Christ in me, and I'm an honorable person. I'm an honest person. I am a truthful person. It doesn't matter what is going out there. We should not allow what's going out there to get in here and dictate what goes on in here. That's why a lot of times the, the, the world is not influenced by us because we allow what's out there to influence here. Well, you got preachers coming around saying, well, you just curse, then we have an excuse. Even when Paul went to the Lord and said, Lord, take this away from me, you notice that he didn't say what his sin was? <laughs> Wouldn't it be awesome if he would have said something? Then a lot of people would have said, well, see, he's just talking about that sin. He, see, God knows us so well. He knows it so well. That's why he didn't call what it was. And Paul praises three times, Lord, I'm dealing with this weakness. I'm dealing with this. It's a thorn. It's like a thorn in the flesh. And he never calls it out. But I love what God says. My grace is sufficient for you. For in your weakness, I am strong. God's not saying that Paul's going to be weak and he, that he has to deal with the sin now for the rest of his life. No, he's saying, Paul, I got the remedy. I got what you need. I got your victory. I got your strength. It's my grace. He replaces his grace with the thorn on his side. Paul does not continue to live with the thorn on his side. He lives by grace, not by the thorn. He gets strength by the grace of God, not the thorn in the flesh. But that's this kind of preaching here, talking about generational curses and how Christian people can come to the Lord and still have hang-ups, it's not a raw theology preaching. Either we are free in Christ or we're not. <laughs> Look at what the scripture says. Watch this. For the father's iniquity to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me. But we're looking for six. But showing faithful love 
to a thousand generations, watch this, to those who love me and keep my commands. That's why I'm proposing the question to you. Are you with God? You will answer me, well, how would I know, Pastor, if I'm with God, if you're with Him? I'm giving you the answer. If you're with Him, He's with you. And this is what God says. If you love me, the curse stops. If you love me, the pestilence stops. If you love me, poverty stops. If you love me, death stops. If you love me, bondages stop. If you're with me, if you give yourself entirely to me and you follow in your obedience and all that I have for you, that's what he told Joshua. What, listen, the Bible says this about Joshua, that Joshua did all that the Lord had commanded him to do and there was nothing that the Lord had commanded to Joshua that he did not do. <laughs> Why? Because Joshua knew, like his successor, before him, Moses. Moses was a, uh, an obedient servant. Joshua knew, I got to be an obedient servant. I got to be strong and courageous. Well, the only way that you can be strong and courageous is if you do everything that God has commanded you to do and follow all that he has. You ever feel guilty for not doing and, and most of the time, that's what we fight. We fight the guilt of, of the repercussions of our disobedience. And then we make God's grace so cheap that instead of running to him, we, want to, we, we run away from him. There's no one else on the planet that can help you after you disobey God. He's the only one. So why run away from him? And this is what God is saying. He says, look at, look at verse 6. Look, how, look, how, look at how it says, verse 6. But showing faithful love to a thousand generations, to those who love and keep my commands. Do not misuse the name of the Lord your God, because the Lord will leave any, anyone unpunished who misuses his name. But showing faithful love to a thousand generations, to those who love me and keep my commands. If you love me and you keep my commands, if you love me and you keep my command, if you love me and you keep my command, you love me because you keep my command. I know that you love me because you keep my commands. I'm... When are you the happiest with your kids when they take out the trash and they do everything they tell you? Aren't you willing to just throw stuff on them? Huh? When they make you proud? I know Cindy's proud of her kids, especially her grandkids. There is nothing. I wish I was her grandchild. I know what I'd be asking for. My grandma, can I have your Mercedes Benz so I can take it to high That's what I'd be. Wait till these kids grow up. They'll be asking for grandma's little car so they can cruise it into high school, man. That's, that's what I'd be. That's what I want to look cool with the girls. Huh? If you, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. I will show favor. I will show grace and mercy. Listen, we are in Christ. I, 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 know, I know that there are some, some you know, Things that come biologically. Uh, our, our family deals with a, a blood disorder that I gotta go get 
that, that I got to go get tested and make sure that I don't have it in, in me. And, and, and there's some things that, that, that happens in my family because I, I, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the struggles with their faith. I'm talking about your relationship, what keeps you apart from God. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I, I, I know we're a lot smarter now, but listen, look at verse 3. How can we, uh, point number 3, Nikki, let's skip, let's skip there. I got, I got to finish. Look at Point number three, how can we, how can we be free? First, the curse of sin in the law is broken in Christ Jesus. He has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. We are redeemed. We are redeemed. In other words, he has bought us back from the curse of sin. Because of Adam and Eve and, and, and all the disobedience of generation after generation, not going after God, there they was, they was a... a a sin invasion, okay? There was a sin invasion into humanity, but then when Christ came back, there is a redemption to be free. There is a redeeming. It's, it's a, 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 a word on play like, you know, the, the, the slaves that, that used to be sell uh, at, the, at the seller's block or the saves block, and, and they would put these slaves up there, and people can come and, and buy these slaves, and they would put down money, and, they, and, and that's what Jesus did. We were a slave to sin, and Jesus came, and he bought us. He redeemed us. He took us out of that lifestyle, and he put us in a lifestyle of freedom. And that's why Paul goes on to say, oh, I'm a bond servant. You know what a bond servant is? There is a servant, and then there's bond servants. A servant is someone that owed something. And so they were enslaved to these people for a certain time. You became a, you became a bond servant. Watch this. This is what Paul said. I'm a bond servant to Christ. I serve Christ. I, am a, I, I have obligated my whole entire life to him. I give my life to him. I serve him. So you're a servant when, when the thing has you. After the restitution is paid or, or money is paid or whatever it's owed, the time is, is properly paid back, then you're free to go. Well, sometimes some of the slaves were treated so well by their master that they, they decided to stay. They would call them bond servants. They stayed not because of obligation. They stayed because of relationship. It went from obligation to relationship. And that's what Paul said. I'm here because I have a, not an obligation, but because I have a relationship with the master. So I became a bond servant. See? I'm not a servant to Christ. I am a bond servant. I have been set free from all my obligations of sin and death. My debt is wiped out. I don't know anything, anyone, because he took the price. He paid. He took up the receipt and paid the debt. And out of that freedom, I choose to stay in Christ. I become a bond servant, not a slave. I can do whatever I want, Paul says. Let me finish the scripture. But in all my freedom, be careful. Be careful that you don't hurt little ones. That's what he said. Be careful in your freedom that you don't become a stumbling block for someone else. <sighs> See, and that's what the scripture says in Galatians, that we have been redeemed. Listen, uh, take time to study these biblical passages to learn how Christ has set you free. You are a new creation. God has 
completed. He has made a new person. That's 2 Corinthians 5.17. You are a new creation. He took Jenny and he made her into a new Jenny. And there's some things, there's some things that you're still fighting. But listen, you've got to remember that that was the old you. I still want to drink a Pepsi here and there now and then. <laughs> I think we're going to Texas Roadhouse. I'm going to fight the devil all the way. Somebody with me. Hallelujah. <laughs> I think we're going. I was looking at this bread thinking about Texas Roadhouse. <laughs> the Bible says that you are a new creation. He takes the old me. He transforms it by the power of the Holy Spirit and makes a new me. In Ephesians 1.3, you are blessed, not cursed. You are blessed in Christ, in Christ, into the family of God, into that old Abrahamic covenant that was, uh, uh, it came to fruition in Christ. Abraham's covenant and Abraham's promise is not just land. That's what Abraham said. I, he, he said, man, he said, I, I look for the city whose maker and creator was God. The city whose maker and creator was God. It was just more about a piece of land. It was about him. You are delivered from all forms of satanic bondages when you receive Christ as Savior, Colossians 1.13. Christ has defeated all all satanic bondages of your life. There is no reason, it's like Christy said, a lot of times the reason we buy into those things is because we listen to those things, whatever it is. You, you give attention, that's what, that's what Paul says in the book of Ephesians, redeeming the times because the day are evil. You redeem by not giving space or occupancy to the enemy. You redeem time. How do you redeem time? How can you keep time? It's by st- strategically Purposing your life. When you don't strategic purpose your life, Satan will come and, and your whole week is gone. You haven't prayed. You haven't read your Bible. You haven't done anything to exercise your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ or even God. And that's what Paul said. He goes, listen, guys, redeem the time because the days are evil. You got to have some time to redeem. You got to give some space. You cannot curse what God has blessed. There's a story in, in, the, book of, uh, in the book of Numbers, chapter 23, verse 20 through uh, 23. Uh, uh, Balaam, uh, 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 Balaam was hired uh, by a king named Balak. And God had blessed Israel. And this evil king, Balak, said, I want you to curse the children of Israel. Guess what Balaam did? Balaam went up to a high mountain. He saw Israel. Not only did he just see the people of Israel, but he saw the blessings of God. Now he goes back to Balak. He says, listen, I cannot curse these nations. I can't call sorceries against them. And and Balak got angry. He says, why can't you? And he says, because God has blessed this nation. (laughs) Under the umbrella of Christ, we cannot be cursed. Every curse is broken if you're under the umbrella of Christ. You have the right to exercise your freedom if you are in Christ. We are, we're one with him. He's one with us. In Christ, we are grafted into the story of Israel. 
And we are Israel. We're the Israel of God, Galatians 6, 16. So no sorcery and no curse can stand against us. There's nothing that can be said, nothing that can be prayed, no sorcery, no witchcraft that can ever come against us if we stay under the umbrella of Christ, if we stay under him. Amen. Come on, Joe, come help me. What does James 4, 7 says this? When we resist the devil, he flees. James 4, 7. When we resist the devil, he has to flee. Yeah. And he, he runs in terror. If you look up this word flee, it says running in terror. When you resist the enemy, he flees. <laughs> he flees. He goes about roaring like a lion. But how many of you know that the lamb defeats the lion. Come on, somebody. The Lamb of God defeats the lion. <laughs> we got to live in faith and not fear. Galatians 5, 12. Uh, Galatians 5, verse 1 and 2. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. We have to live in faith and not fear. We have to get the scriptures and not a system. We have faulty systems. We have faulty Christians because they have faith in a false, faulty system. That's what we do. Number two, you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what Romans, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, renew your mind. Listen to me. The only way you will start thinking Years ago, I had a problem with, the, with, the, with the, this cuss word that my dad used to say all the time when I was a teenager. I used to say this cuss word all the time. I'm not even going to repeat it here. But I would have a hard time. And I also preached in high school. So one day I was in the bus. This young kid came back, and I said the word. And this young kid came back. He said, aren't you a Christian? I said, yeah. Sit down. You want me to preach to you? you want me to read the Bible or something? Sit down. He says, no, I'm just wondering why you always say this word. I couldn't control it. It was in my vocabulary. It was inside of me. And I would go to the Lord. I said, Lord, I got it from my dad. <laughs> my dad says this word all the time. And now I'm saying this word all the time. When I got mad, when I got frustrated, if somebody made me mad, I mean, I used it, you know, I jammed a finger and I'd say it. And, and, and I went to the Lord. I said, Lord, now, now, People are asking me concerning this word, and you know how I struggle with this word. I need your help. You know what God said? <laughs> he says, we read this word so much that it pushes out that other word right out of your vocabulary. So I doubled up on the reading. And my mind got so renewed, boom, I got set free. Never say that word again. And do you know that I work with some, I mean, you, you, I work with some people, every other word is F and D and all kinds of stuff. And do you know that I never had, I mean, Christy said, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. He says, Christy, I, 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 I don't know. I do know. <laughs> this word is above all the other words. This word. So you got to renew your mind. You gotta renew your mind. Finally, you gotta take responsibility for your own life. Ezekiel was a prophet of personal responsibility. He, he clearly tells the people the, that the problems they faced were not a direct result of, that it was a direct result of their choices. And they couldn't blame the previous generation. 
It was not a curse, but a choice to live the blessed life by faith and obedience. Have you ever noticed two children growing up in the same home? The, the two children going at home, and one child goes to the left and just, just lives a, 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 a life of hell. And then the other child, living in the same home, experiencing the same experiences, becomes a pastor or a preacher or goes to church or lives just a good Christian life, and you're sitting there like, what? Have you ever noticed that, peoples? It's a choice. It's a choice. I had a friend that had it a lot better than me. A lot better than me. They, growing up, they had a pool. Her mom had a Cadillac at one time, a Camaro. Uh, they would eat Taco Bell every Sunday. We were so poor, we couldn't have Taco Bell. I said, Justin, you're rich, man. What are you talking about? And he would sit there and struggle. And he said, man, I couldn't, I can't serve God. I can't give my life to the Lord like you can. I said, what are you talking about, dude? You eat Taco Bell every Sunday. I don't even eat Taco Bell. I got to eat that cardboard milk stuff. Your mom drives a Camaro, we drive a big old station wagon, and sometimes leaves me on my dates with Christy. Sometimes I gotta put, you remember the Karate Kid movie? When he goes to the, dude, that scene was taken out of my life. I won some royalties out of that. That same thing happened to us. I went to go bring Christy up in the, in, in, in the station wagon. She lived up on a hill, big old house. Yeah, same thing. And I'm here talking to Justin. He said, dude, you, you got it easy. I said, what are you talking about got it easy? All right, so we both don't have dads. You don't have a dad, I don't have a dad. Dude, you wear 501s. I gotta wear Kmart stuff. He used to wear 501s, I'm wearing Kmart stuff, hand-me-downs. I had to go to, to like Salvation Army, some of those second-hand stores, and he's going to like Levi stores and, and, and going to the mall. I didn't even know what a mall looks like till I started dating Christy. I didn't even know there was a, a place where you can go where there's a hundred stores. I didn't even know how, the first restaurant I ever went with with Christy was Golden Corral, and I didn't even know how to order off, off the menu. And you know what, that's how it is with a lot of people. God takes them into a buffet, but they don't know how to operate the menu. God has so much for them, but because of their own, this, uh, their own lifestyles, and their own upbringing, they're allowing themselves to be controlled by those things. But listen, God has a freedom. <laughs> you don't have to be like Orlando Garcia, be 16 years old before you go and learn how to operate a menu. You know what I used to do? What I used to do, because sometimes we'd go through drive throughs and I got stuck with other people. I would have to order whatever someone else was ordering, and I just hoped to God that they ordered something that I liked. Because I didn't even know how to order through the drive through So if you took me to eat, and, and, and I said, well, I order with, I, I like what you like, Cindy, order that. Oh, I didn't know you like mushrooms and sauteed onions. I said, no, not right now. I don't like mushrooms and sauteed onions, but I don't know how to read the menu. Like, I don't know how to do in this place. Yeah, I get stuck like that. So Christy takes me out to Golden Corral, <laughs> and I whisper, I said, now, what do you do here? Boy, 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 boy. Christy said, I can't take you out to eat anymore, boy. Because once I learned how to order the menu, I was ordering all kinds of stuff. And she says, no, babe, you can't just order stuff. It has to be just like a combination of things. I'm like, well, the, I, like the, I like everything up there. 
Remember when we got a credit card? Christy grew up with credit card. I didn't have a credit card. And do you know that I would go to work? And, 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 and this, is, this is, I mean, I was, I was already married. And I was going to work. And I sit there. And I had a credit card on my back pocket. And, and I had access to the bank and to the money that we were saving. But I couldn't even do it because I didn't know how to use a credit card. I was intimidated by it. You mean I could have had burritos all this time? You mean I could have had a soda and two? I used to love deep fried burritos, man. It was, it was, a, I'm telling you, there's some addictions in my life, guys, that I got to fight. <laughs> and so I used to, I used to love those deep fried burritos, two for a dollar. That's all I ever wanted for, 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 you know, when I used to work out in the fields. Well, Christy showed me how to use that, that credit card. Oh boy, Woo glory to God, I got unlimited money. Man, I was buying for my friends. I said, yeah, dude, put it on here. I just use this thing. And, and then Chris, I came home and I said, babe, you can't buy everybody lunch, man. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> you gotta tell me when you're gonna buy something. <laughs> See, that's, that's what happens sometimes in our lives. Just a like, little lack of knowledge little lack of scriptures that's why I'm bent to preach to you the, the, the I've gone back Cindy I've gone back because some of these scriptures weren't making sense and you think we're done we ain't done yet this world this world if you think this world's been shaking you wait you know the ones that are going to stand those who are with Christ Scriptures like in the book of Matthew that says, when I come back to the earth, will I find faith? Never used to make sense to me. What are you talking about? When I come back to the earth, will I find or have or find people with faith? Or scriptures like this in the book of Matthew that says again, he that endured to the end shall be saved. Wait a minute, aren't we saved already? <laughs> what do you mean he that endured to the end? That's what I'm talking about. Prioritizing these scriptures and reading correctly. That you won't be like me at a buffet and can't take, partake of the, the buffet. Christy won't take me to a buffet now. As a matter of fact, she pinches me if I start ordering. <laughs> I'm just kidding. She don't pinch me. <laughs> you won't be like me going to work hard and all I wanted is two deep fried burritos and you got a credit card. Ricky, can you pass that? Will you stand with me? Will you call Deborah and Nehemiah? Do you want to be part of this story? I have my faith in Christ because he was faithful. I want to be obedient, and I think I can because he was obedient. I can love those that would persecute me and hate me and spit and, and talk about me and slander and, and do all these crazy stuff to, 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 to mar my character and, and, and glorify themselves. I can, I can still continue to love them. <laughs> Being misused and mistreated. Why can I do that? Why can I do that? Because Christ. Because Christ did it, and I can do that. 
And there's one story in the Bible that you, you, you got to take everything in your life. You got to take it here. This is the culmination. We're looking back right now. We're looking back. We're looking back to the cross, the day that Christ. See, it wasn't plan B. I was telling Christy this morning, Christ wasn't plan B. Well, Cindy couldn't do it, so now Christ has to rush in there. No, that was the whole plan all along. That was the whole plan all along. Watch that in him, he wouldn't take sin, he would crush sin. In him, all sin and darkness would dissipate, would lose his power. And so he wouldn't become sin for us. No, he would crush sin for us. <laughs> I, know, I know what people have said. One of the biggest misinterpretations of scriptures is in Isaiah 53. And they read it, they read it wrong. And they said that, 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 that when the suffering servant would come, that God would leave the servant. God didn't leave Christ. He didn't turn his back. And it's been even theatrically played out in churches, on platforms, on, on Easter mornings that God would turn his back on his son. No father would ever turn their back on their son. No father in their right mind. What would make you think that the heavenly father would turn his own back on his own God? I, I know what MacArthur and, and some of these other, you know, good Bible preachers preach. Well, I just got to say this, they're wrong in this. Because they also teach MacArthur and Piper, some of these guys that teach this, that God left his son on the cross to die all by himself because he has sin in his life. There's no way. There's no way that Jesus could be perfect and still die on the cross. It had to be a beautiful, unblemished, untouched lamb. Well, the time sin entered him, he would be unnullified. He would be disqualified. He couldn't die that way. And then Piper and them still teach the Trinity. And we teach the three are one. So how can the three ever separate if there's perfect love? It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. And, and I used to wonder about all those things, Cindy. But listen, going back, prioritize the scripture, put it all in its context, and, and, and put it in all what it says. I've done some hard study on this stuff. I can preach it to you. We can go to lunch. We can talk all about it if you have a problem with it. But listen, God doesn't do that. God doesn't leave us. And he didn't leave his son on the cross. As a matter of fact, he joined his son on the cross. The Bible says in Corinthians that it was God in Christ calling the world back to himself. <laughs> Woo! And if God is willing to help his son at, at, the, at the most uh, desperate time of his son's life as he was facing real agony, he did suffer. He did feel the pain. That's why he's a high priest that can sympathize with our weaknesses. He knows what it is to be abandoned. He knows what it is to feel pain, physical pain. He knows all about it, Ricky. When you're, feel, when you're feeling the physical pain, Jesus knows exactly what you're feeling. Abandonment, he went through it. I know I've said it a thousand times, even feeling thirsty. That changed my life. I was feeling having a pity party for myself. Do you know what I'm going through, God? He said, I know even when you're thirsty. I said, I want scripture and verse. He said, on the cross, I said, I thirst. <laughs> yes, you do, Lord. You do know even when we're thirsty. 
Will you lift up your hands? I'm going to give you a little bit of time. Do you have to repent? <laughs> let, me, let, me, let me reward that. <laughs> repent. <laughs> Ask God to forgive you. <laughs> Ask him to, to give you strength that you want to live for him. <laughs> that you want to be obedient like he was obedient. Christ was faithful so you want to be faithful. He did it so you want to do it. Oh, Spirit of God in us. Come on, Joe, just a little time right I won't now. forget it all, yes. And I won't forget the wonder of how you brought deliverance the exodus of my heart, yes. And you found me and you freed me and held back the waters from my release. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And you're the God who fights for me And Lord of every victory Hallelujah, hallelujah And you have torn apart the sea And you have led me through the deep Hallelujah scripture says that when that hour had come he reclined at the table and his apostles with him and he said to them I have fervently desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer for I tell you I will not eat it again until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God then he took a cup and after giving thanks he said take this and share it among yourselves for I tell you from now on I will not drink of this fruit of the vine until they come into the kingdom of God until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks, broke it, and he gave it to them and he said, this is my body, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after supper and he said, this cup is the new covenant of my blood which is poured out for you. <laughs> oh, Father, what an awesome story. What an awesome story. You bared your cross so I can bear my cross. You suffer so I can suffer. You're victorious so I can be victorious. You're triumphant so I can be triumphant. You've made a way, Father. You seated us in heavenly places. Realities in heaven are realities here on earth. There are realities in heaven, God, that we can experience here on earth. <laughs> in Christ. In Christ. Come on, are you in Christ? Are you in Him? Father, forgive us. I have sinned against you, sinned against my brother, sinned against my sister. God, I've greatly disobeyed, but you've convicted me. You brought me back to you, Lord. I love your church. I love your people. I love your spirit, Lord. You want to be part of that story? Will you take the bread with me? with your brothers and sisters here, with thousands of believers, 2.2 billion, and still growing. The Church of Christ is not dead. The Church of Christ is alive. Come on, will you take, will you take the bread here with me this morning? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your body. Thank you, Lord. You 
destroyed sin. You destroy sickness and disease. If you're feeling sick right now, Ricky, I pray for you. I pray for your body right now. Those that are watching, you couldn't be here because you're sick. I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. This is the blood. This is the covenant, the New Testament. Come on, we come to him through his blood. All sins. All sins. Remember that great story when, this, when the blood was on the doorstep? Now, this blood is not some blemished lamb or some earthly lamb. It's a heavenly lamb. <laughs> and one day we will worship that lamb. The lamb of God. The lamb of God. The lamb of God. Can I ask something? Can I say it this way? And, and people say that Christ has died. Christ is risen. And Christ has, that Christ will come again. Can I add something to it? Can I say this? That Christ did live. And Christ did die. And Christ did raise. And he will come again. Amen. Will you take, will you take the, of the cup this morning with me?